What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football home over at fakepigskin.com. I'm your host, Kyle Robert. You follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. With me once again, it's Brian Twining. What's up, Brian? What's up, Kyle? I'm ready to get on to week four here so I can stop crying about all my teams continuously losing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're almost a month of the way into the season, uh, but now is that critical time. Now is the time where if you built that depth, if you've gotten those uh, key waiver ads, if you've you know uh, maybe your team's underperformed a little bit, but you're you know your team's solid. Like the next three to four weeks are going to be critical to establishing that good record heading into the playoffs. Uh, you know whether you're zero and three or you're you're three and zero. Um, you know, teams can easily make or break their season uh, over the next, you know, few weeks. So now is the key time to uh, to be looking good and um, to ha- make sure your team is ready for that uh, almighty playoff push. Yep, I'm I'm in that position right now as a as an O for team in multiple leagues where I'm I'm looking to sell high on some guys who have taken advantage of some excess playing time because of injuries and or suspensions like we just before the podcast we were discussing my my potential trading of Miko Hardman for OJ Howard because I need a tight end and Hardman's playing time is likely to be reduced with the return of Tyree Kill in a couple of weeks so like right now is like the high point of his value so looking to deal him for whatever is most necessary to make my team in particular better for the long run is what I should be looking to do as a team who needs to win. 100%. And that sound you hear is the breaking news because Melvin Gordon has ended his holdout. He is back. Uh, He is reporting to the Chargers today, which is Thursday. um, And he is looking to, uh, to find a home back in this backfield. So, Brian, I guess, you know, we, we got kind of lucky. Uh, the news broke right before we got sat, sat down to record. So um, I guess what was your instant kind of uh, take on what what you thought this news meant and uh, kind of how it's going to impact this backfield? I, you know, I really wasn't surprised that he was going to report, being that the guys in front of him have been performing so well. He's probably realizing he's losing some value to his negotiations as far as like how much the Chargers should pay him when they're still be, they're able to be successful without him. But at the same time, I thought he was going to hold out the maximum amount of time possible in order to still maintain that, that free agent eligibility. So I was a little surprised to see him come back so early, but living in San Diego, I got to hear a, uh, a local perspective on this from somebody who used to play with the chargers and is pretty familiar with NFL front offices who brought up the idea that he could potentially trying to pull the Jalen Ramsey perform really well in week five, and then come up on the injury report with some suspicious injury, just with the intent of trying to be traded and or hold basically be put on IR the rest of the year while gaining that year of eligibility to get to free agency. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of potential here. Obviously, you know, I don't think we expect to see him in week four. My guess is it, it, it's week five when we finally see him, which, you know, we'll talk about kind of what we're doing with uh, Eckler, who obviously is a stud this week, and then potentially Justin Jackson. But, you know, we'll see kind of over the next couple of days how aggressive the Chargers want to be with him and, and what it looks like for him. Because obviously Eckler's been great. Jackson's been solid. And, Um, you know, I'm sure Melvin Gordon's been watching and seeing and realizing the more, the longer he waits, the, the less snaps, less opportunities he'll probably walk into. Um, so I guess if you're looking at, you know, we assume Melvin Gordon plays week five, he's fully ready to go. How do you see this backfield shaking out in terms of, you know, snap percentages, touches, all that kind of stuff? Honestly, I, if, if I'm somebody out there, I'm looking to buy Austin Eckler off the person who is probably downtrodden right now with the news that Gordon's coming back because the, I, I doubt the Chargers are going to just completely stop using Eckler out of the backfield. I mean, he's, he's their most dynamic receiver out of the backfield. No offense to Melvin Gordon. He's great, but they, 
they've already shown like he he's leads the NFL and like he's one of the leaders in yards after contact. He's amazing at eluding tacklers. So there's no way that they're just going to go away from utilizing his talents. I think this really hurts Justin Jackson's prospects. I mean, he, he's probably somebody that once Gordon comes back, I'd be willing to dump him to the waiver wire. But I, I mean, how do you feel about Melvin's return and what do you think their percentage of carries is going to look like going forward? Yeah. So I I'm with you on Eckler. Like I, I hadn't really thought of him as a buy low, but I think it might be, um, Maybe not this week, maybe next week, but he was a top 24 RB last year, even with Melvin Gordon playing 12 games. Uh, but yeah, my guess is it's probably like a 60, 30, 10 or, you know, 55, 35, 10 uh, with with Justin Jackson, you know, sprinkled in probably more in games where they're up big and uh, or, you know, random spouts. But um, you know, I, I think, I think Gordon comes in. I think he's the first and second down pounder. I think he's the guy around the goal line. He's definitely interesting, but as, assuming he's there, um, I could see, like you mentioned, uh, a scenario where he plays a couple games and leaves, uh, either via trade or via, you know, injury or whatever it happens to be. Uh, but there's a reason the chargers weren't willing to give him a deal. And it's because they were comfortable with the guys that were behind him. And if they're fine rolling out Eckler and they're fine rolling out Justin Jackson, uh, they're they're not going to be forced to get this guy in the work. Now, that said, they do like him. They do think he's a good player, and I do think he will get work. Um, He's actually a guy that I'm trying to trade right now in the leagues where I drafted him uh, because there's so much unknown. And and I could see if someone's willing to pay you for – you know, uh, a high, a high end RB two, low end RB one type value for him, assuming he's going to come back and he's just going to be a stud. And he's going to play the rest of the year. I'm looking to make that deal. Um, but outside of that, um, you know, I'll probably give him a week or two and see, and then I'll kind of, you know, filter out some trade offers and stuff and see what I could find. Um, you know, we're going to talk week three uh, takeaways here, but Devonte Adams is a guy that I'm, buying really low on and week heading into week four uh as we saw from mike evans the first couple weeks were slow and then broke out three touchdowns looked great uh Devontae adams is a stud and if i can trade melvin gordon for him straight up if i could trade uh melvin gordon like would you trade melvin gordon for james connor straight up that's that's so funny you said that because james connor was actually the guy i was first came to mind uh in return i'd be looking for from Melvin Gordon, just with the fact of James Conner is the number one bell cow guy there. It's, I mean, even with the lack of success, success that he's seen over the weeks, he's still getting 80 to 90% of the touches out of the backfield. So Mm -hmm. I would much rather have something like that with the guaranteed touches than the possibility of the chargers implementing a, like you said, a 60, 30, 10, or even a 60, 20, 20 type backfield rotation. Yeah, and with Connor, like his snap percentage has gone up each of the past three weeks. Um, It was 46%, 54%, and then 57% in week three. I think this is going to be a good situation that's going to get better. Um, He's still a guy, like I'm I'm a little concerned about him. I'm not going to lie, but um, he's a guy I'm willing to take that shot on as opposed to Gordon, who could be a, you know, a top five type RB, but with Eckler's usage, with the potential of him you know, finding himself elsewhere with the potential of him, you know, getting injured, whatever. I mean, you know, Jalen Ramsey is, is sitting out a couple weeks um, with a, obviously the birth of his child is, is a thing he needs to be at, but the way they kind of phrased it and the anonymity and the kind of, you know, (laughs) not really knowing what's going on fully around there. And he's, well, Jalen will be back when Jalen's ready to be back. And, you know, he's obviously been having his issues with the coach. So, the timing is really convenient, but um, you know, I, I could, I wouldn't be shocked at a situation like that either. Nope. Not none in the, in the, the slightest there. Yeah. So this week our we're, we're just rolling Eckler and Jackson out as if Mel, Melvin's not playing. Uh, and then we'll kind of assess where he's at and what the team's saying as we're heading into week five. Is that, is that kind of the, the mindset you have? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to like, so leading into kind of our, our biggest takeaways from last week, it's that 
whoever's facing the Miami Dolphins, you're playing anybody on that team as the Cowboys showed with both running backs running for over a hundred yards and both or with Pollard finding the end zone. Like anybody who is playing Miami is going to be a fantasy asset that week. So I'm yeah. for this week, Eckler and Jackson are both great, great options right now. And that sound you hear in the background is Brian and I patting ourselves on the back for, for saying you should play Tony Pollard last week. Yep. Um, he, uh, he definitely came through for his fantasy owners. Uh, yeah, I guess for me, my biggest takeaway uh, for week three, I mean, I already mentioned Mike Evans as, as a tremendous bounce back and it was so good to see. And um, I, I think things are going to still get better for him. And it's weird because like, I want to be out on Jameis Winston, but I also like I, Evans is good. And, uh, Godwin is good. Although Godwin is dealing with a hip injury. So keep an eye on that. And my boy, Ronald Jones, like, I don't know what to do. Like he looks good and then he doesn't play for two weeks and then he's back. And there's just a lot to get into. And then Kyle Allen, my boy, Kyle Allen, we'll talk more about him, but four touchdowns against Arizona, Ooh, uh, looked really good playing. So there was a lot, a lot to be excited, but you guys are here to talk about week four. You're get, here to get ready for uh, another week of the fantasy football season. So Brian and I are here to kind of help you get set. And Brian, I want to hit quickly hit on a couple backfields before we, uh, you know, we'll talk most drop. We'll talk most added. We'll uh, give you some streams at each position. We'll give you all kinds of different stuff as we're heading into week four and, and kind of looking ahead. Uh, but as we talk week three, um, Jeff Wilson Jr., I was ready to come on this podcast and 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 tell everyone to go pick him up. Um, I think he is their goal line back. He consistently comes in. I watch um, I've watched every snap of the Niners first three games and he comes in. He gets all the red zone work, all the goal line work. Uh, gets all the touchdowns as much as it pains me as a Matt Breida owner, as a guy who was big fan of Raheem Mustart. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. is the back. Now, Tevin Coleman's all of a sudden going to be fine, and the Niners are obviously in their bye week this week, so he won't be back till next week. But is this just a situation like we need to see it play out a couple more weeks with Coleman back to kind of have a, a good read or um, are you comfortable rolling Wilson out as in, especially in standard leagues where he's going to be the goal line back or like, I mean, how, how do you approach the situation? If, if I'm in a standard league as of right now, I like Jeff Wilson because it looks like he's going to maintain that role even with Coleman back, but any other format I, I'm like, I'm running far away from this situation. Backfield rotations are like my biggest pet peeve when it comes to fantasy, because there's no guarantee of the kind of touches that these guys are going to get. And it's going to be all dependent on game flow for the other three that aren't the preferred options for scoring opportunities. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of getting to a situation to be honest, where there's going to be no teams where like you, you're going to feel comfortable like yet. Like Carolina, the Saints, uh, Dallas, obviously there's a hand, a few, but like for the most part, these situations are just all muddy. And, and you even in situations like where Philip Lindsay was a stud last year, there's still a rotation with Lindsay and Freeman and sometimes Devontae Booker. Um, obviously, Philadelphia is a mess. Uh, carry on still splitting carries, even though he looks like the guy like we're going to be in a situation where either fantasy is going to have to adapt and we're just going to be playing team running back or um, we're just, we're just going to have to take our shots and, you know, maybe we do a point and a half. I don't know what we're going to have to do, but uh, yeah, these situations are getting muddy. And I guess, like you said, Jeff Wilson jr. And standard, I'm, I'm happy to use um, outside of that. It's probably Brita and Tevin Coleman. I think most goes away. Uh, we'll talk jo- We'll talk Scary. Giants here in a little bit, but maybe one of them makes sense as a as a, a Saquon Barkley replacement. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we want to keep this this muddy backfield talk going, let's head to New England. Uh, Sony Michelle was a guy that I was excited about. I thought it was going to have a monster season, and in terms of touchdowns, still may do that because he scored last week. But nine carries on uh, for eleven yards is not getting the job done. Uh, Rex Burkhead was great, but James Watt, James White was uh, on maternity leave. So, um, you know, James White's back. Rex Burkhead's still there. Sony Michelle's there. Uh, how are you breaking down this backfield? 
Again, the Patriots have are notorious for being the worst backfield to try to predict when it comes to mm-hmm. fantasy output. I mean, I. However, I do see Sony Michelle still being that guy, that bruiser who will probably almost average a touchdown a game. While you know he's not going to put up the yardage totals that we've that we saw him do last year, because it seems like he's lost a lot more touches to Rex Burkhead, who was injured the majority of last year when Michelle was putting up the big stats. So I think we all kind of forgot about Burkhead as being a factor back there, and New England seems to love him in all fa- in all assets of the game. So with the return of James White, I think that cuts into Burkhead's usage a little bit more with both of them being utilized just enough to probably be in the running back three, maybe flex consideration every week. And Sony Michelle is that guy that without a touchdown, he's really not going to provide you with very much production. So he's, it, again, it's another kind of backfield. I'm okay, fostering one of these guys, but not really relying on as one of my starters. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think Michelle's a guy that you're just hoping for a touchdown. And the way the Patriots play and the way they're going to be up in a lot of games, I could see him getting a lot of touchdowns. He could be kind of like what Garrett Blunt was, especially in the Philly days, where he'll maybe only have six or seven hundred yards rushing the whole season, but he'll have double digit touchdowns, and Ten touchdowns. that's com- incredibly useful. I think. I added Burkhead in a couple spots just because I think there's potential there, but I I, I don't know that I'm ever going to feel great about playing him. And then James, James sure. White's going to be a PPR monster that in most other leagues, you're not going to be able to use at all. So uh, good luck with this backfield. I think, uh, I think that's how we're going to have to play it uh, at least for the short term. Um, let's talk. I do like both white and Burkhead this week against Buffalo though. Yeah, in a, in a situation where the Bills can uh, stop the run, but a lot of checkdowns from Tom Brady as a, a function yep, of the running. and get after the pass. Yeah, I like, the, I yeah. like that call quite a bit. I still think Sony is an interesting play, especially in standard, because I think he can score. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so let's talk most added, most dropped. We'll start with most dropped. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, D.D. Westbrook, Latavius Murray, James Washington. Uh, and these are all via ESPN. I was looking, I mean, obviously, some of the big names, like uh, some of the quarterbacks that have been injured and, and defenses and stuff, but of the players that uh, are going to be fantasy relevant. So Giovanni Bernard, D.D. Westbrook, Latavius Murray, James Washington. Are you suggesting anyone goes out and picks up any of those names if they were dropped in their league? I'm not, I'm not following or I take that back. I will fall on the sword of James Washington for the rest of the season until he finally gets that damn touchdown. I, if you have the space at the end of your roster, how could you not want a guy who's going to be the deep? I mean, Deontay Johnson, he scored blah, blah, blah. But James Washington is still seeing opportunities there. They're going to play much better down the, down the stretch. Last week was against a 49ers team who you and I both agree has a pretty good defense. So I'm not, I'm not, selling on Washington or Pittsburgh's offense just yet after that one performance. Yeah. The other three, they kind of Latavius Murray scares me. Washington had a, Washington had a touchdown that the Niners basically tackled him that caused pass interference. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was probably going to happen. Um, but yeah, he'd be, the only, he's only one D, the, the Jaguars it's wild, but we're in a situation where the Jaguars have four names that are really interesting. Um, and, and it looks like it's going to be DJ Chark as the guy you can trust most week to week. And then some combination of Westbrook, uh, Chris Conley and potentially Marquise Lee getting involved, um, and kind of distributing up that other, you know, interesting spot. Um, unfortunately, I mean, we're not talking about a Kansas city or even the Packers. We're talking about Gardner Minshew, who I love, but, uh, the idea of him facilitating two or three, uh, fantasy relevant receivers just is just a little too much at this point. Uh, so yeah, I think he he's out. Giovanni Bernard is still interesting as a guy, especially if you're a Joe Mixon owner. Um, but unless Mix is out, I don't think he's, he's super useful. And Latavius, uh, I mean, a touchdown monster that you know it, if the the game script's right, he'll he'll get in there. But for the most, Alvin Kamara is so good, it's hard to see him doing that. I saw somebody tweet out that the Mark Ingram role in New Orleans left when Mark Ingram signed with Baltimore. So I think the expectation that Latavius Murray was stepping into a similar workload 
has was definitely not not what they were envisioning when they signed yeah i mean i was definitely one of the people that were were fully buying that and um thought i so thought I. I was getting a nice value and it so far it doesn't seem to be the case now it's three weeks in uh and maybe with bridgewater under center it looks a little different over the next few weeks but we'll we'll have to see let's talk most added because uh people are losing their minds about this new york giants offense and uh, obviously, the Saquon Barkley injury is uh, brutal. Uh, it's four to eight weeks. They're saying it's probably closer to eight, um, especially for a bad team. There's no need to rush back your 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 franchise uh, cornerstone. Uh, but the Wayne Wayne Gallman bids were aggressive. Uh, Wayne Gallman is really bad. Now he could get volume, and in fantasy, we you know we're talking about guys like Sony Michelle. Uh, or even Todd Gurley, where we're just really hoping they find the end zone and, and figure it out. Uh, Gallman, if he's getting 20 carries, uh, could be interesting. But this offense is bad. Daniel Jones is bad. Everyone's picking him up like he's the next coming of Brett Favre or Joe Montana. And yeah, he had a good game against uh, against Tampa. Damn. Two, you know, he had to run the ball to get two of those touchdowns, which, you know, adding that rushing floor is nice. Uh, but he had some passes that probably should have been intercepted. Uh, he had some questionable decision-making. Um, everyone's ranking. You know, I saw rank, him ranked in the top 10 of uh, fan, fantasy analysts at, at quarterback this week. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I know he looked good in his first start, but he, uh, Regression's going to hit him hard, and uh, I'm not going to have him in any of my lineups to to see that firsthand. Oh, no, neither am I. I do like Wayne Gallman for this week in particular to see 15 plus touches, just because the only guy behind him is, I believe, Elijah Penny, who's a fullback. Yeah. So I, I like Gallman, especially in full PPR leagues this week, and he would be somebody that I'm probably going to look to sell really high on mm-hmm. if he does put up a double digit close to 15 points this week in PPR because like you like you alluded to he is not good yeah. and the Giants offense is not good so when you look at their upcoming schedule as well after this week facing a, a Washington team who is bad they have to they host Minnesota and then they go to New England two of the NFL's toughest defenses which are going to definitely be a rude awakening for rookie Daniel Jones yep yep uh it's going to get ugly and I'm I'm totally with you and uh, you know, if you need an RB two, uh, which you know, if you're a team that uh didn't that didn't go running back heavy, and or you were dealing with some injuries, I totally get it. But uh, yeah, I don't. Gallman's not going to be somebody I feel great about, uh, especially after this week. Uh, Will Disley, um, I think makes a ton of sense. He's up to almost seventy percent owned, um, and 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 continues to rise as an offense that is going to throw the ball. A team that traded. Nick Vanette to Pittsburgh. So even more opportunity for him and a tight end position that, you know, is lacking a lot of luster. Uh, obviously OJ Howard has struggled. My boy, Trey Burton hasn't been as good. The Ebron uh, Jack Doyle thing hasn't really worked out. So, you know, the people are scrambling and he makes a lot of sense as a big play option. Uh, but yeah, so, so I'm good with that. And then Nelson Aguilar, obviously two touchdowns will, will help you uh, get added in a lot of places, but his, his hands are questionable at best. Uh, Alsh, Alsh, Alshon Jeffrey is back this week. Um, and his value, uh, I think is what reached his all time high last week. I mean, I, sorry, I can't stop laughing just after that video of that, that guy in Philadelphia who was <laughs> catching the babies, even, even said like, at least he was catching them. Unlike Aguilar. So I mean, <laughs> he is not somebody that I've ever wanted to rely upon. He's, he's got butter fingers. I mean, he put up the good stats the last two weeks, but that was without many of the Eagles options on the outside for Carson Wentz. Like you said, Alshon's coming back. Dallas Goddard's coming back. I think they were going to see a, a, more committed run game this week going up against the Packers team who has shut down receivers to like ridiculous levels this year, only allowing 24 receptions so far. So Aguilar is fool's gold and everybody should be avoiding him or again, selling high to somebody who is 
willing to pay the price for two weeks of production for somebody who's never done it before. Yep. Yep. Um, and there's also uh, meetings for uh, Nelson Aguilar Truther members uh, who want to uh, get out of that life. I was there. Uh, I host them. We have coffee and donuts. So uh, feel free to, <laughs> to join us. Um, let's talk about some dart throws for this week. Um, before we talk streaming options, before we talk uh, some waiver wires, some other questions. Um, and I want you to wax poetic about Devonte Parker cause you're still buying, I'm still selling. Uh, but you have at least you, you have some good reasoning this week. So talk to me about him and, and why you think he may be interesting this week. Uh, so we all know Miami is terrible. They, they're the worst team in the NFL when it comes to scoring, but they're allowing the most points, which to me, that, that shows signs of they're going to be trailing and there's going to be lots of passes thrown. And a lot of those passes have been deep down the field to Devontae Parker. He's only seen 20 targets, but he's fourth in the NFL in air yards and he's trailing. He's only trailing Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and I forget the third guy, but he's on his 20 targets, all it's going to take for when you're averaging the amount of air yards per pass, all it takes is one or two of those in a game, and you've already got a start for the week, and eventually he's going to find the end zone. When you're trailing that quickly in games, he's going to hit, he's going to pop, and the possibility of Miami wanting to deal these guys and try to showcase some of these veterans that are still left on this team, I I think he makes for the perfect like sneaky pickup with the expectation that he may get traded to a better offense. Yeah. Um, I, I think he could make sense this week. I, I think I like this offense better with, with Josh Rosen under center, which um, I know isn't saying a lot, but I think he, uh, I think he could be interesting. I still don't think he's going to get the touchdowns that you kind of were hoping he would get, but uh, you know, uh, I, I'll have to take my victory lap uh, as I see fit. Um, now, I'm going to suggest a guy that uh, it's going to hurt a little bit. Um, obviously, uh, 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 so it's A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans. I think Mariota is trash. I think he is really bad at football. That said, uh, they have a nice matchup this week against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, an offense that I think will push them. Obviously, we saw a week ago uh, Jacoby Brissett was able to throw on this team. Uh, the Falcons are allowing the sixth most fantasy points. Wait, fifth, fifth most fantasy points to opposing uh, receivers. No, make that six. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time counting on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they are they're allowing um, a lot of points to fantasy receivers. I think the Titans are going to be competitive this week. I think uh, A.J. Brown has gotten uh, four, five, and five targets. Obviously had the big plays uh, against Cleveland. I think he could do it again this week against Atlanta. Um, And if you're desperate at receiver, I think you could do worse than A.J. Brown. Yeah, I don't mind that. I I just can't stand Marcus Mariota. I think he's terrible, and they need to go to Ryan Tannehill. So I have a legitimate question, uh, and, and this will be, uh, transition nicely into our Q, QB stream of the week. Uh, do you think Ben Roethlisberger or Cam Newton are starters in the NFL next year? And if they are, do you think they're starting for other teams uh, besides the one they are currently rostered by? So I would put my money on Ben Roethlisberger being a starter for his current team ahead of Cam Newton. I just think... Cam Newton has always shown signs of maybe not being as committed emotionally and taking things too hard. And he's just seems to be going off the deep end with his grandma garb and with a Liz Frank injury, his, the ability of him to be successful quarterback in the NFL was predicated on his running skills which when we we saw it at the beginning of this year it was taken away from him and he's just not a good quarterback in the nfl and we have this last week yeah i have a fever dream that cam newton's going to be the starting quarterback for my titans and uh i am not excited about it it's Um, like Mariota on steroids 
<laughs> the transition this team has gone from Vince Young to Jake Locker to Marcus Mariota to whoever they draft next. Uh, it's been ugly. It hasn't been fun. Um, and I could see them try to talk themselves into a, well, a veteran who's done it and he's established. And uh, I could see one of these guys easily starting for my team. And uh, I'm not excited about it. So uh, this is my fever dream. But as we talked about, let's go into the stream of the week because I am going back to the well with Kyle Allen. Uh, I love him this week. I think he is stealing the job. I think he is making the Panthers the team that I thought uh, had an outside shot at winning the Super Bowl. Uh, The offense looked reinvigorated with him a week ago. Now it was against Arizona, who is terrible. Uh, However, he was on the road, which I think is impressive. Um, Four touchdowns is obviously amazing. Uh, And, you know, he is going to be a guy that that makes sense. And oh, by the way, uh, Houston is awful against the pass. Um, they are they're allowing uh, like the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks um, that I think Kyle Allen's going to have to throw. And I think he's going to throw effectively. Obviously, that front four um, can get to the quarterback a little bit better than Arizona's. But I think Kyle Allen's good again this week, um, and I have him as a top 12 option. In I, position. I love that call. I mean, we, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, that if the quarterback has multiple options on the outside that we think are going to be successful and or are skilled athletes, why shouldn't the quarterback or vice versa be a viable fantasy option going forward? And we, Kyle Allen's a better passer than Cam Newton, and he's, he can also run – but being a better passer than Cam and being able to hit those speedy guys in stride allows for them to hit their hit their fastest speed and break away from these long touchdowns. And then you add in the explosive uh, Christian McCaffrey back there. I, I like him rest of season as possibly finishing as a top top 12, top 15 guy for people who were a Breeze owner or a Roethlisberger owner. I'll tell you how far I'm going to go. I'm seriously considering – starting Kyle Allen this week over Carson Wentz on Thursday night. I wouldn't, you know, so another one of the things that I was going to mention as biggest week three takeaway is that other than Patrick Mahomes, who has definitely exceeded my expectations, he's clearly the number one guy and he's on pace to break the NFL record for passing yards and probably going to throw for almost 50 touchdowns again. Everybody else is pretty much the same. And you, we have to stop looking at these guys for name value and looking at their offenses that they're playing in. Like Aaron Rodgers has been a horrible fantasy quarterback this season. So I think... Yeah, yeah I mean... Kyle Allen is a great play. It just brings more clarity. Yeah, and brings more clarity to waiting on quarterback, not drafting one early, because Dak Prescott is somebody that nobody wanted, yet every week is going to be ranked inside my top five and is actually my number one option at the position. I know putting somebody over Patrick Mahomes is probably ridiculous, but um, even if you have number two, he was a guy that was going like 12, 15, 18. Uh, nobody wanted him and he's been a stud and you know, Baker Mayfield hasn't lived up. Aaron Rodgers isn't doing it. Uh, Deshaun was great last week and I think he'll be good again this week. So like he's been fine, but yeah, I mean, you have to just look at these numbers blindly and, uh, figure out who's actually performing and who's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, um, you know, it's just, you have to find them. It's more matchup based. And if you think you can find something, you know, don't just start a quarterback because you drafted him high draft play the best guy and um and uh you know make make it work uh who is your quarterback stream of the week i'm gonna go with the red rifle andy dalton he's never been good on the road but he's averaging three pass attempts a game and he's thrown for over 300 yards per game on average so when it comes to a streamer, I'm looking for a guy who's going to be putting it up in the air, who's averaging a nice amount of yards, and who has a possibility of going against a defense who is exploitable. And Pittsburgh currently ranks as the second worst pass defense in the NFL. So he fits the mold as a guy for a streamer who could put up a yards, even with the expectation that he's probably going to turn it over a couple times with a couple touchdowns. So he's going to have a safe floor with also having a nice ceiling possibility of facing a bad defense. 
is there a possibility that we're seeing a 2013 Andy Dalton? Like this is a team obviously with John Ross, obviously, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd, they've Auden Tate who's stepping up and then, Oh, yeah, AJ Green's going to be coming back in 2013. Andy Dalton threw for 4,300 yards and 33 touchdowns, uh, was a top 10 option to position. Uh, he has a thousand, almost a thousand yards, uh, only five touchdowns so far, but like, I could see Andy Dalton being a sneaky, like looking at the season at the end of the season and him being kind of in that t- 10 to 12 conversation. Uh, yeah. I mean, with the amount of times you're going to accumulate statistics and that's what fantasy is about. So he's going to be more valuable than somebody who is on a team who's pounding the rock. Like even I gotta, I gotta admit, I think I jumped the gun on Tom Brady a little bit because minus that big game-breaking wide receiver, you know there's going to be games where they're just going to feed the running backs and he's going to throw for one touchdown. So I would actually take Andy Dalton as finishing with more fantasy points this year yep. than a Tom Brady, who we all loved as soon as they signed Antonio Brown. And, I mean, rightfully so. If he had that game-breaker, he was probably going to throw for 35 TDs. But minus that, they're going to lean more on the short passing and running in the red zone. So I think Andy Dalton is going to be exactly what you said and be that sneaky top 10 guy, just that nobody really talks about because they, they don't win and he's throwing a ton of interceptions. Yeah. Uh, And Dalton was a guy I wrote, I wrote my, uh, my quarterback streamer column this week uh, and was a guy that made a ton of sense. A guy that I was tempted to put in. I didn't. um, And I actually wrote it uh, was finishing it up today. And Oh, Adam Schefter reports that, Case Keenum, a guy that was prominently featured in that article, uh, is in a walking boot and uh, there's potentially doesn't play on Sunday. Uh, Now, Jay Gruden came out and said he's still the starter and he's his guy and this, that and the third Um, obviously had the interceptions on uh, on Thursday on Sunday night or what Monday night. Uh, three picks, but he's still a top 12 option on the season. He's had 300 yards in two of three games. He's doubled his touchdowns each of those games. Uh, and, you know, I want to rank it. I want to put him in that column, but there's a chance we see Dwayne Haskins on Sunday and not Case Keenum. Uh, obviously, against the Giants is a great matchup. Do we have concerns about Scary Terry, about this Washington offense that – you know, we kind of have an idea of what to expect at this point if Haskins is under center and not Case Keenum. None whatsoever. Scary Terry or F1, whatever we want to nickname him, especially if Haskins is out there. I've, I like him even more this week as being that guy that's just going to blow up against the terrible Giants defense. Yeah, I, I like Haskins, and I think if you're in deep leagues, if you're in – Obviously, two quarterback is super flex that he's probably owned, but if he's still floating around, add, add, add. Um, I do have a little concern that the offensive line isn't quite good enough. We saw it get banged up again on Monday night. Um, Keenum does offer a little more mobility, uh, but he also thinks that he can just uh, stick the ball over the over the yardage marker like he's on the goal line and get credit for a first down. Uh, but no, actually, Case, you you fumbled there, bud. Um, and and the the Bears ended up getting the ball back, so that was lovely. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I'm excited about what Haskins can be. Obviously, the McLaurin-Haskins connection from their time at Ohio State. I thought we would have to wait till the switch was made before we saw McLaurin break out. And obviously, like, I think he's a top 20, top 30 type option. Like, he had a, a matchup with a tough defense and still performed like a like a guy that needs to be in your fantasy lineup every single Completely week. Completely agreed. He is, I, I rostered him now in two of my five leagues. I was, he was the first guy I jumped to sign on the waivers after week one. Uh, I think he finishes top, yep. maybe even top 15, especially in PPR formats, being that favorite target of Case Keenum. Yep. Or even if, like you said, Dwayne Haskins jumps in there, the rapport they had in college will definitely carry over into the NFL with the negative game scripts that they're likely going to be facing for the rest of the year. Yep, let's talk tight ends. Uh, Vance McDonald, his arm's in a sling. Uh, the Steelers traded for Nick Vanette. Um, he plays on Monday night. Mike Tomlin is hopeful that he can play. Obviously, Tyler Eifert or CJ Uzama um, are available in a lot of leagues. So if you're a Vance McDonald owner and there's not a lot on the waiver wire, but Eifert or Uzama are out there, 
are you rolling the dice and potentially playing him this week or are you picking up one of the names we're about to mention um and potentially playing him and just letting mcdonald uh ride the pine this week uh old mcdonald is going to be on the farm this week and on the bench um i you know my guy that i'm looking at this week with a potential of an increased amount of targets due to an injury is Jack Doyle for the Colts. They're facing a Raiders team who has struggled against the pass. The Raiders are just a bad defense. They're a bad team. T.Y. Hilton may not play the Colts, meaning that Doyle and Eric Ebron will probably be more prominent in the offense and game plan. Um, he's had history before with Jacoby Brissett. So Doyle is a guy I'm looking at with a Hilton banged up as well as having the possibility of scoring against a bad defense. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. I mean, Eric Ebron is the correct answer there, but uh, you know, you can keep going with the the Doyle rules. Uh, I like I like Vernon Davis, and uh, we talked about the matchup. Uh, the Giants are bad; they're really bad against tight ends. And uh, whether it's Case, whether it's Haskins, I think or Vernon Davis, a widely available, should be the name that you're picking up. Um, but I think. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably playing both those guys. And like you said, <laughs> Sam, Mc, Sam McDonald to the farm uh, for a week to get some recovery and uh, he'll be back. Uh, let's talk some waiver next week's waiver wire today. Um, and we'll kind of give you some names that you should be potentially adding uh, before we head into uh, head into, you know, post week four, heading into week five. And uh, Detroit and Miami are both on the buy. So if you have Kenny Galladay, if you have carry on, uh, if you have any Dolphins, I'm sorry. Um, but those two teams will be on by. So think about that. Um, we uh, can talk about the Jamal Williams explosion. Uh, 15% owned. I think he should be owned in a lot more leagues. Uh, snap share has gone from 41% to 47% to 61%. While Aaron Jones has gone from 59 to 58 to 39 Um the Packers are using more more Williams. They're letting him get involved in the passing game, which is uh, something. Obviously, uh, most of us think Aaron Jones is the better player, but if Green Bay doesn't think he's a better player, then it really doesn't matter. Um, and I think there's in leagues where you own Aaron Jones or if you need running backs that have potential upside, uh, I think Jamal Williams should be owned in closer to at least 50% of leagues. Yeah, so much for the free Aaron Jones movement. Um I, I I agree with you with this being close to a 50-50 timeshare. Playing with Aaron Rodgers, you always know you're going to have plenty of scoring opportunities. And with him seeing the amount of touches that he has, he's he's definitely propelled himself into that low-end RB2 possibility of scoring every week and definitely flex consideration on a weekly basis. And then somebody, yep. a couple of guys that I'm looking at, because kind of looking ahead are – the Indianapolis wide receivers not named T.Y. Hilton. Who is your favorite option in that offense that's not named T.Y. Hilton? Because obviously Deion Kane's getting some love. My boy Paris Campbell, another Buckeye, O.H., uh, <sighs> is getting uh, some love. Um, you know, there there is some interesting names. Is there a one guy that stands about uh, stands out over the rest so for you? So it kind of sickens me to say this, but I for especially for next week, going up against a Kansas City team that is going to score – it would have to be Paris Campbell being that game breaker that can get past the defense. He's been implemented more into the offense as we've gotten going. They've played a lot of close games. They haven't really been trailing Indianapolis. So we, we have yet to see what their game flow would be like while trailing by a lot other than week one, but they still pounded the Mm -hmm. rock with Marlon Mack. But I like Paris Campbell next week to possibly have that breakout for reception for 90 or even a hundred plus yards with a touchdown or two in, in a game that could be pretty high scoring. Totally, totally agree. And uh, definitely a guy that if you need, if you have some flexibility at the end of your bench is a great pickup. Uh, Cause if he goes off and people are excited about him, uh, his fab price, your waiver priority will, will go out the window. 
Uh, Alexander Madison's a guy I want to recommend 22% owned. Obviously this is a team that wants to run the ball, run the ball, and then run the ball some more. Uh, Dalvin cooks look great, but this is also a guy who's dealt with some injuries from time to time. Um, and Madison's a guy that, you know, kind of like what Tony Pollard was last week, where in the right matchup against the poor teams is going to get enough volume where he can be a guy that could be an RB in, in a bye week situation could be in flex consideration, um, so if you, Alexander Madison's available on your on your uh, waiver wire and you have some flexibility, you need a, a running back with upside that you can just kind of hold on to. Uh, I think he makes yeah, a ton of sense. It, it, again, it goes back to teams that are run heavy or pass heavy, piling up those players that would fit into that offensive game plan with an injury and or a blowout going on are huge and especially like we talked about at the beginning of the show these are the times where you're looking to find those gems that could potentially bust out towards the end of the season and push you into that playoff area and get you through the playoffs when starters are sitting or guys are injured so a guy like Madison Justice Hill from Baltimore who could see more playing time down the stretch with an injury so yeah no I I love that call and then, uh, you know, we talked about the injury to Barkley and we talked about how the Giants aren't very good. Golden Tate's about a week away from coming back. Um, if this is going to be a team that's going to be down, if Daniel Jones is going to be throwing the ball a lot, uh, Golden Tate could see a lot of catches. And in PPR leagues, that's going to be incredibly valuable. Um, and if he's still floating around on waiver wires, I think he makes a ton of sense. Obviously, being on suspension versus being um, injury prone or, or injured. Uh, means that you know he in, in theory he should be re- more ready to come back. He should be you know working out. He should be ready to you know, go uh, once he steps back on the field. It's not going to be working up to game shape uh, over a couple weeks. So Golden Tate's another guy. You know we'll keep talking about him, uh, but he's he's on less than half of uh, Yahoo League, so uh, needs to be added uh, right so away. Two more guys that I actually I saw something about Jay Jai has been working out. He says he's about a week away from entering the possibility of signing with the team. There's plenty of guy teams that need running backs, the Giants being one. He could take over that Wayne Gallman spot, so watch out for that. And then also, I got to go back to my boy. I'm a Cowboys fan. Look for Dez Bryant to sign with a potential playoff contender and immediately be an impact player in fantasy leagues down in the red zone. You are on <laughs> drugs, my friend. Des Bryant is done. He is toast. Put him, uh, put some butter on him, put a little jam on him. Call call it a day. Uh, he is, he is, uh, he's done. His career is over. He can keep talking. And, you know, I think he's actually really entertaining on Twitter. And I'd love to see him do his own little Sunday morning thing on Twitter because I think it'd be really entertaining. Um, Des, if you're listening, I'll, I'll happily host it for you. Uh, but I, He's he's not coming back it to be Hashtag anything Des, meaningful Des in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag Des is toast. Texas <laughs> toast. Uh, two questions before we get out of here from the audience. As always, at FPAOP, send us your start sit questions, your trade questions, whatever. Um, you know, we're always here to ha- happily uh, help you with whatever we can help you with. Uh, we are here on Sunday mornings, uh, so you know, fire away. We'll, we'll give you the best advice we can and hopefully help you win um, in, in week four and beyond. So uh, we have two questions today uh, in full PPR. Are you starting Julian Edelman, who is back at practice on Wednesday, but is dealing with that chest injury? Uh, Tyler Boyd or DJ DJ chart. Those are all really good decisions. Immediately. I eliminate DJ shark. I'm not a fan of their offense, although I do love, Minshaw over there being the 70s porn star. Um, I mean, I I like both options, Boyd and Edelman this week. Brady has always struggled against the Bills. They've always given him issues. They get in his face really quickly, so there's going to be lots of short passes, and we know Edelman eats those alive. So if he plays, you could see one of those 10-catch 60-yard games, which the yardage isn't great, but, I mean, those 10 catches, that's 10 points right there. I like Tyler Boyd. I love because I yep. love Andy Dalton. I love all Bengals guys this week for the potential of scoring. So I would probably lean Boyd in a game that's probably going to be higher scoring than in uh, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm going Boyd as well. Uh, we saw Mason Rudolph look much better against the Niners in the second half. I think he looks good this week. I think I'm with you on Andy Dalton having a nice performance. I think this is going to be a little high, more high scoring than people expect. And I think Tyler Boyd has a has a big game, catches five, six, seven passes himself. I, I'm with you on Edelman. Like if we're sitting here on and on the end of the day, Sunday and Edelman had 10 catches for 60 or 70 yards like I, that would make a lot of sense. But I just think between the injuries and the the matchup and the wanting to get Rex Burkhead and James White involved, I just I don't I don't see it quite as much this week. So uh, I'm going with Boyd. I'm going with that upside. And I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, now, in non PPR, you need a flex. Chris Carson, Aaron Jones, Chris Godwin or the aforementioned Wayne Gallman. Uh, who is in your starting lineup this week? Chris Carson. That's believe me. I I am all over the Rashad Penny hype train. He's a free agent and one or he's on waivers in one of my leagues, and I'm trying anything possible to sign him because I love his talent. I'm from San Diego. I saw him play multiple times at San Diego State. I think the dude's a, a stud. But as far as Chris Carson goes, Seattle's going to want to pound the rock against the Cardinals. Horrendous rush defense, and I think. Pete Carroll being one of the most player-friendly coaches in the NFL is going to give his guy another chance. In all likelihood, he, he he's not going to fumble for a fourth game, I wouldn't guess. So I like Chris Carson with the opportunity to score here. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, <laughs> shame on me. Fool me three times. Well, you're not going to fool me again. <laughs> yeah, you're, going uh, you're going back to the well of Chris Carson. I, I think I think Chris Carson's the, the answer here too. Uh, although I'm with you on Rashad Penny and the the hamstring injury definitely has me concerned. Um, you know, he obviously missed last week. He didn't practice today on Wednesday. Uh, you know, if he practices Thursday or Friday, then I feel better. Um, I'm I'm still adding him, especially if he's floating around. I think someone could get frustrated uh, and need some need a body for Sunday, so you might end up with a Rashad Penny that you didn't think you could get. But uh, pick him up and um, Brian CJ Prosize is actually not a terrible play this week. Uh, if you're digging deep, especially if Penny sits, yeah, yeah, if Penny's out, CJ Prosize might be having a resurgence. Uh, yeah. Well, he he outsnapped Carson like fifty to thirty or something after the the fumble. Yep. So. Yep. And uh, the one thing I will say is Wayne Gallman doesn't belong in this conversation. Aaron Jones and Chris Godwin are so much better than he is. Uh, all right. <laughs> in full PPR does. Yeah, full PPR, non PPR, half PPR, uh, roto scoring. Um, yeah, anywhere. Uh, all right, Brian, this was a lot of fun. Obviously, if you enjoy the podcast, rate review on iTunes. Uh, subscribe wherever you find us. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on wherever you get your pod. We are there. Uh, if we're not, hit me up at Notorious KRO. Uh, I will get us on that platform. Uh, but for Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.